You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. an amazing statement as he always said amazing statements and he told this lady that said my my ancestors say that this mountain is where we should worship and 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 the Jews say that Jerusalem is where uh, uh, we should worship and uh, and and she said I don't where do we worship and Jesus said well John 4 he says the Jews worship what they know And then he said this profound statement. He said, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. Talking about the evidence of him being in her presence. The time is coming. In fact, it's here now where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. True worshipers are going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And he says, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. I love my church because it is a place where I can worship. And we can worship in spirit and in truth. What does that mean, spirit and in truth? Well, let's just kind of break it down. In spirit, means that we enter into God's presence through the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. And not only does it say that we can enter in through the, through the blood of the Lamb, but through, through the Spirit. It's a spiritual worship, but it also tells us that we as God's people have, who have been born again are spiritually reborn. Our spirit is alive. We're alive to God. We're not dead in our sins anymore. We're alive through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And then we worship in truth. And worshiping in truth means that we come through the one who is the truth. Who is the very, uh, uh, the very way that we understand truth. 100% truth. And that's Jesus Christ. And we worship through the word of truth, the truth of God's word. And so it it helps us to understand just how vital it is that we have this avenue to worship the living God, that his presence is so real. I did a wedding yesterday, and we sat in the courtyard getting ready, and there was a young man probably... um, maybe 17, 16 years old, and he sat there with me, and we were just talking, and he said, uh, after about 10 minutes of dialogue, he said, there is such a peace that I have never felt before in this place. And I said, well, praise God. We believe that's the peace of God. That's the peace of Christ. We worship a living God. We worship a God who's real. And when you experience his presence, you begin to understand how important it is to be a part of his church. Not a building, not a location, not a denomination, but a people 
who love him and who worship him. Here's the thing is everybody's worshiping. Everybody, everyone that's driving down Highway 77, they're worshiping right now. Everyone that is uh, on the road, I-10, everyone that's in Saddlebrook, everyone that's in Dudleyville right now, every person everywhere is worshiping today. They may not be worshiping in spirit and truth, but there's something that is more important to them today than anything else, and that is your object of worship. Our object of worship is Jesus Christ. We trust that he is the savior of the world. We trust that he is the Messiah. He is the one who came and died and atoned for the sins of mankind. We put all of our trust in that. And not only do we, but millions of people through generations. And when we, when we die, there will be more people that will worship him because he is the living savior. And so we worship him in spirit and in truth. And there's four essentials of worship. Essentials meaning the most important things that we, that we, that we grab a hold of. And, and the essentials are what we model everything around here at LWC. We model everything. It's worship. But we model everything around these four essential pieces of worship. We've talked about it, and I think it's important that we continue to emphasize how important they are. The first essential to worshiping is we have to connect with God. We have to connect with Jesus. Because if we don't connect with Jesus, we're all geared, we're all programmed, we're all created to fill the void that we have in our hearts with something. Every person is filling the void of their hearts and their soul with something. If we don't fill it with God, we'll fill it with something else. And whatever we're filling our hearts, whatever we're connecting with is how we're going to live our lives. It's how we're going to impact the people around us. Some people will fill their lives with uh, and connect with finances, and finances will be everything to them. And some people will, will fill their lives with a substance, and they live their lives for that next time that they have a, whatever that substance could be. It could be prestige. Think about it. Some people are connected to prestige, and, and you, you put all of your all of your uh, identity in how people view you and how prestigious you are. But whatever, whatever, we, uh, whatever we connect to is what our life is going to display. And um, I was reading through a devotion this week, and I, I, I'm really enjoying... Uh, the brother's name is, is Nikki... Gumbel, G-U-M-B-E-L, he's, he's, he's from uh, London, and he's the founder of the Alpha Ministry. The Alpha Ministry is a ministry that just reaching a lot of people all over the world, and, and uh, the, just the power of the Holy Spirit is just working through, through, through the ministry. And so, um, so Nicky writes in his devotion, he, he, wrote, he wrote about 
a person. He said, I spoke with a friend who is not a Christian. And he's charming and, and delight, delightful person. He is a successful businessman and has a great deal of money. He has a wonderful wife. He's got a good marriage. He's got a great family. Yet he spoke to me of the deep emptiness in his life and the lack of peace and contentment he experiences. You see, he's connected to what a lot of people think are good, that that man that's giving him this testimony. He's connected to a lot of things that people think are good. He's He's a successful businessman. And don't people want to be successful businessmen? I don't know of anybody that wants to be an unsuccessful businessman, right? He's got, a, he's got a beautiful wife, and don't men want a beautiful wife? He's got a great marriage. Now, now women come into that. Women and men want great marriages. He's got all of these things going for him, and when he takes a step back, He's still not content. He's still not truly happy. And the reason for that is because he's connected to the wrong object of worship. Are you with me? And it speaks to us that, that, uh, that without Jesus, we do not have fullness of life. Jesus said, I I came so that they could have real and eternal life, more and better, uh, more and better life than they ever dreamed of, the message puts it that way. More of 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 a better life than they could ever dream of. And the reality with Christ, what you find is that even if you're in abundance or if you're in abasement, or abasement, wherever you want to be, you still will have contentment because you have the Lord in your life. And so when we connect to him, it changes everything. It changes everything. Our life is better when we have Jesus Christ. Our life is complete when we have Jesus Christ. And without him, we don't have nothing. And so that's what this world, especially we're in the United States of America, and, and, and here we, we chase the American dream, and what people are find is that the American dream without Christ is empty. Amen? There's a, there's a vacuum there. There's, there's, there you, 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 you can't connect to the very most, the, the, the most important piece that we need in our lives, and that's Christ. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, there is only one God, and there's one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. There is only one bridge. We went to uh, Copper Corridor uh, yesterday, and we uh, had a, a work day. And I want to thank all of the small groups that have been participating in the, in the work days. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank every person that's been 
participating in the work days, and, and I want to thank the prayer team who have been praying because we are, so, we are seeing some just amazing things happen over there. So we went to the Copper Corridor, and they were having, they were having a 100-year um, celebration in Winkleman. A hundred-year celebration. There was the Winkleman Bridge that was built in, uh, in uh, uh, 1916. That bridge was a pathway that brought two counties together, Gila County, uh, Gila County and Pima County, brought them together. It was a pathway that brought people into that area. And from there, they were able to go up north or they were able to go to the to the west, to the valley, and it was, a, it was a marvelous, marvelous time. We went and we did some cleanup, and then we went to those festivities, and they had all kinds of dignitaries from around the county that were there to celebrate this wonderful place. And it makes me think about there's one bridge. There's one mediator between God and man. There's one... There, they're celebrating the, the Winkleman Bridge, but we can celebrate the bridge of Christ every day and connect people to the one who is the way. It's amazing. Now, when you connect to God, when you connect to Christ, you worship. And you'll never worship without connecting to Christ. You'll never worship God. Not the way that Christ said true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. And the reason that we can do that is because of him. So every time, beloved, every time you get connected, you're worshiping. Steve, you were worshiping. You connected he talked to that individual that needed God, and we'll, we'll talk about more of that in reach. Okay, so the second essential element of worship is grow. So last week, I'm watching the news, and, and I love this guy. I've loved him from when he first came on the scene, and, and I keep loving him more because he's not only is he connected to Christ, but he grows and grows and grows in Christ. So last week, there's all kinds of news again. Everywhere, every time they think they're going to put him out of the news, there's more news about him, and they want to throw him out. And so Tim Tebow, now he's playing baseball. So Tim Tebow is playing baseball, first at bat. This is not the news. First at bat, Jack's one over. That's not what I want to talk about, though. Even though he did. So he's in the Mesa area, right? He's in Arizona playing in some, some, some uh, uh, leagues over there and for the New York Mets. So this guy, is, that's a fan, is at the, at the ball game, and he has a seizure. He has a seizure as they're waiting to, to sign, get, get autographs signed, and Tim Tebow stops autographs, and he prays for him. And when he prayed for him, and I know that's an important call, it's probably Tim Tebow calling him, please tell Tim that I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him later. <laughs> and so Tim Tebow prays, and from the, what the news eyewitnesses say, the seizure subsided. 
And I tell you why? Because of Jesus. And because Tim Tebow is using his God-given gift to serve. Can I, can I ask you a question? How many of us are using our God-given gift to serve? It's important. It's, it's, it's so important. You know, um, we worship God when we grow and we mature in the gifting that he gave us. We worship. You know, Tim Tebow, as much as we might not understand, I do understand it. Tim Tebow, when he prayed for that young man that was having a seizure, he was worshiping God. He was lifting up the name of Christ. Every time that we serve, we're worshiping Jesus. The Bible says we are to grow in every way into him who is the head, and that's Christ. We are to grow in every way. Isn't that awesome? In every way. God has brought each of us into his family, and he's delighted when we grow. And the first thing that came to my mind when I was putting this together is, you know, I, I love to golf. I'm not very good, but I love it. And what you find out in golf is that there's so much to this game, right? There's so much. There, there's a long game, and you want to hit the ball a long ways, Right? You want to hit it far down the far and down the middle. You haven't played golf, you're not going to understand me, but if you played golf, you're yes, amen. And then when you hit the ball far and down the middle, then you want to in the mid game, you want to hit the ball nice and straight and put it on the green or at least in the vicinity of the green. You hear that, Gary Hoover? In the vicinity. And then when you get to that vicinity, so that's your mid game. Then you got a short game, and you got a very nice and have a good touch and hit that ball. It's called pitching. You pitch it. You pitch it onto the green if you didn't put it on the green. That's three shots already, right? And so most of us get close to the green, and you want to pitch it, and you pitch it over, and you pitch it over. No, that's not what you want to do. And that's, it's not over yet. It's not over. It's kind of like life, right? Then you got to get on the green, and then you have to putt. And that, why couldn't they make the cup bigger? <laughs> I would say that if you have a 25-foot shot, a putt, they should make the putt bigger. And as you're closer, make it smaller. But no, it doesn't work that way. So the cup is, what, six inches in diameter? Is that, is that what it is? Huh? All you golfers? Uh, uh, someone's saying, oh, it seems like two inches whenever I'm putting. Yeah. <laughs> but you, ha- you put it, right? You, and, and, and so there's so many aspects. But you grow. You get better and better. And that's how our walk with God is. The Bible says this, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit All the while, you will grow as you learn to know 
God better and better. Just like in a golf game, just like in our uh, whatever aspect of life that you, that you really like doing, your walk with God, we should be growing and becoming better and better and better for the glory of Christ. Can I tell you why? Let me tell you why. Let me, I'm gonna, let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you right between the eyes right here. The reason that you want to grow and become more mature is because it brings glory to God. If you don't, and you worship when you do that, you worship when you get better. So Ryan, you know, Ryan's sitting right there. I didn't say I was going to use him, but I love Ryan. We got a wedding coming up. We're excited about it. And so Ryan, right here, he's a, he's a, he, he's a, not only is he a hard worker and has a great job, but he's also an MMA fighter. So he, don't mess, don't mess with me because that's why I'm going to sit right there. <laughs> he will take you out. And so he, you work to get better and better and get arm bars and get ear bars or whatever you, you know, everything. <laughs> Choke holds. But do you understand that we, there's everything in life. Now, when we walk with Jesus, we get better. Now, here's my thought. I'm sorry, I got, got thrown off right there when I said the ear bark, because I know that's not even a thing. When we do, when we play golf and we do real well, guess what everybody says? Pastor James, that was a great shot. It was, wasn't it? Right? But when we do things for God, guess what they say? That's an amazing God that you serve. You know, Vicky, when you did an amazing job this morning, you did an amazing job. You worked at that. You, did, you just didn't come up here and say, let me, let me do that. You, you worked at it. She came and she rehearsed. She did some work. And, 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 and when she got done, during that whole time, she was worshiping, and it brought all of us together into the presence of the Almighty. When you grow in your faith, it honors him and it's worship. You can grow in your faith in small groups. You can grow in your faith on the, uh, on the Sunday morning worship experience. You can grow in your faith by getting in the 201 class. There's a lot of avenues that you can grow in your faith. The third essential to worship is serve. We worship God when we serve, and we serve because he saved us to serve him. He saved us so that we could bring glory to his name. The psalmist put it like this, What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And and I love this in the middle of everything. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. In between all this, the Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. Oh Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. And then at the very end it says, 
praise the Lord. I will serve you. I will, I will, I will, I will use what you have given me as, as an extension of your grace. I will do this not for brownie points, not to get point not to get uh, uh, to to for you to say God that that look at how good I am but to say Lord you're good and that's why I serve you with my gifting you're missing out beloved if you're not serving you're missing out if you're not serving because when you're not serving you are not completely worshiping We worship when we serve. It's enjoyable. It's, it's, it's amazing. I love how Ephesians puts it. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can brag about it. None of us can boast. For we are God's masterpiece. We, he has created us. I love this word. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Can I tell you that the Copper Corridor ministry was planned way before anyone ever thought about it? God said, I'm going to provide this opportunity for you so that you can bring glory to my name. The children's ministry, before you ever volunteered to work in the children's ministry, God prepared it a long time ago so that you can make an impact on someone's life. Everything that we do, it's impossible to live a life of worship without serving. It's impossible. Because Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And as we serve, it changes our lives. It cha- In fact, when, when there are people that are connecting and they're growing and they're serving, they love their church. Just like when someone is not only a, 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 a fan looking from the, from the, from the, from the um, audience. You go to a ball game, you notice the fans when the, if the team does good, the fans are happy. If the team does bad, the fans go fire the coach. Right? But the players, they're, they, they're all in. Think about the, the, the Cubs. Chicago Cubs. Someone said, two people today said, pray for the Cubs. Okay. All right. The fans are happy because they're going to the World Series. Now, here, here's Reggie McNeil. He wrote a great book, and I love his title. It says, Get Off Your Donkey. Get off your donkey. Help somebody and help yourself. Get off that donkey. And he says this. He says, Figure out your life's mission will, or figuring out your life's mission will help you better know how to serve others. At the same time, the work of serving others can help you figure out your life mission. You will never be complete. You'll never worship completely until you begin to serve. The fourth uh, essential element to worship is reach. 
We cannot say we worship God and refuse to reach our world. We can, you cannot say, I worship Christ, I worship Jesus, without having a heart to reach your world, your jo- people at work, your people in, the people in the schools, the people in, in, our, in our neighborhoods. We cannot really say we worship Christ without having a desire to reach our world. Because as we worship the Lord... He places in us a desire to reach the people around us who don't know him. You make that extra trip. You listen to that voice that says, go what? South? Go north? Go go south. You listen to that voice. Go speak to them. Love them in the love of Jesus. Jesus told his, uh, his disciples, he said, you need to stay with it. That's what God requires. In other words, stay with your faith. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry and you'll be saved. All during this time, the good news, the message of the kingdom will be preached all over the world. A witness staked out in every country And then the end will come. There is no way that a pastor can reach these communities. It was never intended to be that way. It was always intended for a community of faith to reach their world with the gospel and with the understanding, beloved, that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in every believer to empower us, to give us peace, to give us wisdom, to give us strength. When the world is crashing all around us, Beloved, we have to discern the times. You look at the news, you see the leaders that, that, that the world is giving. Not, I'm, I'm going to say this, God is ordaining the steps of the world, but the world gives, raises up their leaders. And can I tell you something? Without the hand of God, we are set up to be doomed. If you put your trust in man, you are set up for destruction but we put our trust in the living God who's worthy of our praise who places in us a desire to connect to him a desire to grow and be more like Christ a desire to serve and a joy to serve and an amazing yearning to reach that person that does not know him. Can I tell you, can I tell you where, the, where the greatest impact of the church is right now? Can I, can I let you know where more people are being reached than any other place right now? 
It's in the places where there is more persecution than any other place. The Iranian church is growing in ways in thousands. I read a story of, a, of a, um, 11 people that, that were martyred in uh, Syria. And the, the leader, the, the, the Christian leader in that area t- told all of the, the, he was the director, he told all the leaders, get out, find cover because of ISIS. And so ISIS found these 11 people and then and, and they, they were, this is what they said. They, when he said, you need to leave, he said, the, the, the commentator said, they stayed because they believed they were called to share Christ with those caught in the crossfire. Every time we talked to them, the director said, they were always saying, we want to stay here. This is what God has told us to do. This is what we want to do. They just wanted to stay and share the gospel. Every one of those 11 were killed, and one of them was a teenager, the son of a pastor. Three of the women were raped in the, in the city square by ISIS. And as they were raped... They gave glory to God. They prayed for those that were raping them. And I tell you, beloved, God has called us to share the gospel. You know what our persecution is? Let me tell you what our persecution is. They're not going to think you're cool. They're not going to think, Tim Tebow, he's not cool. He was cool when he was Heisman Trophy winner. Don't talk about Jesus because you ain't ain't cool no more. But God in us desires for us to reach our world with the greatest news known to mankind, and that's the news of Jesus Christ. So here's your action steps, and I'm closing. Choose to make your worship an expression of action. Number two, take the greatest step ever by connecting to God through faith in Jesus Christ. If you've never become a follower of Jesus, I would say do it today. Number three, worship Jesus this week by finding or hosting a small group where you and others can grow together. Let me tell you something. This is a true fact at Living Word Chapel, and I think it's a true fact all over the world. Wherever people are connected to a small group, they're growing, they're serving more than any other place. Tell you that right now. The people, you may say, oh, Pastor, you talk about small groups all the time. The reason for that is because it's biblical, and you need it, and I need it. You don't grow outside of a small group. You don't have the accountability. You don't have the encouragement. You don't have people coming and giving you strength. Why do people go to AA? Because they need accountability. Why do people go to different groups? Because they need some strength. Why do people have a bridge team? Because they want accountability, you know, playing cards, bridge, whatever that is. Number four. An excellent excellent place to serve this month is at a Copper Corridor campus cleanup, clean day or whatever we're doing. Worship Jesus by making the campus launch a reality. Let me tell you, every person that's done one ounce of work at the Copper Corridor 
every person that gets saved, you've worshiped God by serving. And you've brought people to, to faith. And I believe a lot of people are going to get saved. Number five, worship God by sharing Jesus with people around you. Invite them and bring them to our Sunday morning experience, our worship experience. Or, here's a great one, bring people to the Harvest Festival this month. It's non-threatening, and I think we're going to have hundreds of people here. It's a great place to invite. It's a great place for them to feel the presence of God. Let's bow our heads. You're an amazing God, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we all come before you. We've had this, I believe, great campaign of I love my church and Lord God, we love the church because you're the head. Jesus, you're the head. How more glorious could it be than the Christ to be the head of the church? I pray for every person here. I pray for every person in the Live Feed Cafe. I pray for every person that will listen on the podcast. And Lord, there's someone that maybe has not ever become a, decided to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to pray a prayer. And it's a prayer just to invite someone to say, I need God in my life. Lord, I, that prayer is simple. It's saying, God, I'm a sinner who needs forgiveness. And I'm tired of trying to live my life without you. Today I'm making a decision to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And today I am making a decision to follow him in the fellowship of the church. It's not a building. It's a people. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.